0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen.
1: Seriously, I think my favorite is Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye. It's a great old song. Just wanted to have a little fun with you this morning because when we get into the meat of this message, it may not be quite so fun. Matter of fact, I'm going to get down in the weeds this morning and talk to you about what love really is. I assure you, the definition we read from Scripture is vastly different from what you see in the world today. Doesn't even begin to match up or compare. Y'all remember that song by the uh, Monotones cut in 1954? Who wrote the Book of Love? Anybody remember that song? Yeah, all of us that are a little older do for sure. It's a great song, but it's a good question. Who wrote the book of love? One of the first lines in that song says, did it come down from above? And they should have stopped right there. Because that's exactly where the definition of love derives from. From God loving you and I and showing us his love. And allowing that love to change us on a daily basis. When you read 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-12, through 12, and we'll read it in just a second, you have to come to the place where you recognize, if I love someone, I want God's best for them, even if it damages a relationship. Well, I don't you sure think I understand that, Pastor. If I want God's best for them, how can it damage my relationship? Let me explain. If you're not living under the covenants of God, by the commands and ordinances of God, and you say, I love you, but I want God's best for you, You're going to move out, Jack. Love the way you're shouting now. You're going to say, this ain't right. We ain't doing it no more. It's not happening tonight. Because you choose to do what's best for them. And what's best for them is to obey the commands, the outline, the plan that God has given to all of us. When you read 1 John 4, you recognize it's really a discourse on the love of God, and recognizes that God is actually the initiator and maintainer of love. Matter of fact, when you read verse 1, you are John telling us, hey, don't just take the word for it, but look how they respond, look how they act, look how they behave. Because our behavior really is a clearer indicator of what we believe than our words many times. He said in verse 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. What's he talking about? Motivation. What causes people to do what they do? There are three sources of motivation in the world, right? There's God moving in us and through us, the greatest motivator, the greatest spirit. There's you and I as normal, carnal human beings. We have a will, we have a way, we have a spirit, a motivator. And then there's the enemy, Satan, no oh, horns on his head. He is a motivator as well. But there's only one that will take you to the place where you can say, I know and understand love, and that's from God. You see, we need to understand that we are from God according to 1 John 4, 6. And whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever's not from God does not listen to us. These are John's words, not mine. For this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How do we measure the spirit of truth and the spirit of error? By the love of God flowing in our life. If God's love is absent from us, we are not living in a spirit of truth. We're living in a spirit of error. Let's look at our text this morning, 1 John 4, beginning in verse 7. "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love." In this the love of God was manifest toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Look at verse 10. In this love, this in this is love. Not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son to, the, to be the propitiation, say that fast ten times, for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Take that back to Matthew 24 and you'll find the two great commandments. What are they? When Jesus was asked that question, he said, love the Lord God, with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, spirit. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then verse 12 says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. I want you to catch the meaning of that verse. No one has seen God However, when they see the love of God operating in our lives, they get a picture of how great He really is. The love of God in you and me is the demonstration of God upon this planet today. First John chapter 4, you read it very clearly, it tells us that love isn't defined by our love, but rather it's defined by God's love for us. You see, there are three types of love that we read in the scripture, and this isn't what this sermon's about. This is just a side note, a freebie for you, all right? Three Greek words. They're eros, philia, and agape. Eros is the kind of love that we see all around us today. Eros is the love that causes babies to be born out of wedlock. Eros is the love that runs out, that evaporates, that causes divorces. Eros is the kind of love that doesn't get us into the relationship we want to be in. It is carnal. It is relational. It is romantic love. The second is philia. It's deeper. It's about friendship. Philea says this, and, and understand me, I'm going to do something for you, so you do something for me. And we're walking in that relationship where we both gain something from it. That's philea. But then there's agape. And agape says there's nothing you can do to earn it. Nothing you can do to lose it. Nothing you can do to manufacture it. It doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are. I'm going to love you, period. That, my friend, is the love of God. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been. He is going to love you, period. End of story. And you can't escape from it. God's love is the source from which all real love flows. How do we know that? Because God loved us enough. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How do we know that? Because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. We know it because God demonstrated his love to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who died for your sin and for my sin when we didn't deserve it. If you think you deserve the love of God, come up here. I want to give you a medal this morning. As I'm here to tell you, none of us deserve it. None of us have earned it. None of us can make it occur, or make it happen. Only God by giving His Son, shows us His love. Verse eight says, "Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. in the weeds, all right? you ever been to one of those church services? Where it was all about what we don't like? Who we don't agree with. How you're the wrong color to be in this building. How your doctrine doesn't wash because it doesn't align with mine. How we're the only ones that are ever going to make it into heaven. One of those services where the love of God is absent, but the judgment is so complete. Ever been to one of those places? See, John just said, that's not God. John just said, that's not true Worship. Rather, when we worship God and love God, His love flows through us. So it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if you have a great background in Christianity or if you came straight out of darkness and heathenism. It doesn't matter if you've worshipped Jesus your whole life or if you grew up worshipping the devil. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or green or purple. What matters is you came to the place where you understand there is a God and He loves me. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the sin you've, you've, uh, you've actually committed. It doesn't matter how many people you hurt. There is a remedy. There is reconciliation. There is redemption. There is forgiveness. There is renewal. I'm telling you, there's hope for you through the love of God. You won't find it in Man. My goodness, we have a hard enough time forgiving ourselves, let alone somebody else that hurts us. You're not going to find it there. It's only found in the love of God. Let me say it this way. An inability to love others says a lot about us. I said an inability to love others says a lot about us. What does it say? It says your theology is an inch deep and a mile wide. It says you need to come to the cross one more time and understand that if God loves you, you then have a responsibility through him to love others. We should come to church to worship. We should come to church to praise. We should come to church to give. But if that's all we do, read 1 Corinthians 13, you're as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. If we don't love one another and love others, we're missing the mark that God has set before us. If Christ is our King, if, let me say it this way, if Christ is your King, will you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. If Christ is your King, then you have an obligation to love each other. And an obligation to love the unlovable. You know, I was raised in a church. Never knew Jesus, never met him. It was just religion. I was raised in a culture that looked down on people who were not a part of our culture. Well, what culture was that? I was a cowboy in western Oklahoma, and if you didn't wear boots and have a big buckle and a 10 gallon hat, we wouldn't even talk to you. You were lesser. You didn't measure up. If you couldn't ride a horse or a bull, we wouldn't even talk to you. When I got saved, God had to deliver me from that culture and teach me to love everyone. First time I had to practice that, I met this guy. He was a smooth city slicker. I mean, he had it all together. He looked it, he dressed it, he talked it. I think he even plucked his eyebrows. And that did something to this old cowboy, and I didn't want anything to do with him. I shunned him. But you know what? God convicted me of that. Who are you shunning because they're not like you are? Who are you not loving because they don't fit your image of what Christians are supposed to look like? Who have you rejected because they don't fit your pattern? God convicted me of that. So I said, okay, God, it's going to be everything I can do and take all the strength and resolve in me. But I'll try to befriend this guy. You know what happened? We became friends. Not just friends, but lifelong friends. When I allowed God to take me out of the culture in which I was raised and love somebody who was a lot different from me. You see, that applies across the board today. Today. That applies to you, it applies to me. So often we make judgments based on what we see when God is asking us to make those calls based on his love. Appearance are always deceiving. If Christ is our king, we must love each other. And loving each other gives the world tangible evidence that God lives in us and that God loves them and that God desires to live in them as well. And we're on that vein. You need to understand God's love is completely non-negotiable. You can't bargain with God. God, I want to love these folks, but not those folks. God, I want to love these that that act like me, look like me, talk like me, but I'm not loving those folks from another continent. We can't bargain with God. What God's love looks like and a response to God's love is so often distorted by us. Taken completely out of context. So let me ask you, does God's love mean and me loving others mean that I have to affirm someone who believes in same-sex marriage, homosexuality, the LBGTQIA ideology in general? Is that what it means? No, that's not what it means. It means I have to love them. And I have to love them to the degree that they see something in me that they don't have in them. And that draws them out of a lifestyle that God has pronounced as sin. Into a relationship where God redeems them, transforms them, turns their life around. Oh, come on, church. Quit being afraid of those who don't look like you. Take the love of Jesus to them. Is love exclusive to Ethnicity. Is love exclusive to those whose skin color is just like mine? Are we all supposed to toe the color line? Not if you know the love of God. See, because the love of God doesn't see the color of your skin, it sees your hearts. And I want you to know today, every one of us, our heart looks exactly the same. There is no difference whatsoever. The devil, politicians, culture has used ethnic divisions to tear people apart and it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to say, I don't care what color you are, I don't care your language, I don't care your culture, I don't care where you grew up. What I want to know is, do you know my Jesus? It's all that matters. It's all that matters. The cross is level ground for all men and all women. Does loving God and the love of God mean that hating evil is somehow ungodly or uncivilized? There are people that will tell you that. Well, if you really love God, you don't hate that evil. That's not biblical, folks. If you love God, you love the, things, the same things God loves, you hate the same things God hates, you move in lockstep with God and His Spirit, and if there is evil around you, as a believer, you have a responsibility to stand up and say, that's not right, but let me show you the way. Loving God and having the love of God flow through us doesn't mean we lose our brain. Come on, folks, it doesn't mean we buy everything that comes down the pike. Who's that third source of motivation? It's the devil. He's a liar. He's going to take you straight to hell if you allow him. There are times you need to stand up and say, that's from the pit of hell. I will not tolerate it. I will stand against it. I will not embrace it. I'm going to love you if you're doing it, but I'm not going to love your sin. Does loving someone mean that I have to embrace whatever is trending in regard to their definition of who God is. See, I don't even know what you're talking about, preacher. Well, you need to wake up and look around. There's a lot of folks that think they're God. There's a lot of folks that think something made with wooden hands out of man's hands out of wood or metal is a God. There's a lot of folks who think God is everywhere, He's in me, I'm God. No, it doesn't mean we accept that. It means we come back to the truth of the Scripture. There is one God. Him and Him only shall you serve. We don't have to be in full agreement with the values and the interpretations of people who don't understand the love of God. It's okay to stand against it. These days, too many Christians are embracing a paper thin form of God's love. I mean, it's there ready to tear, it's there. If you disagree, if you don't like it, they rip the love to shreds. It's there. If you don't look just like me, they rip it to shreds. It's there. If you are from another culture, they rip it to shreds. I'm here to tell you, the love of God is non-negotiable. You can't tear it up, you can't rip it up, and you can't make it fit your ideology. The love of God. The love that so many promote these days promotes some kind of a comfort, warm, fuzzy feelings. But it has little understanding of how much God loves us. And how much God has given us and paid for us to see that love. According to the scripture, love doesn't insist on its own way. Read that in 1 Corinthians 13. Rather, love insists on God's way. See, my friend, you can't say, well, I love God and God loves me and we got to deal with God and uh, we've got this thing going so he knows what I'm doing and I know it's all going to be okay and God doesn't really mind. Are you kidding me? Did you just fall off the apple truck? That is nowhere in the scripture. You don't make deals with God. You don't negotiate with God. God's love is non-negotiable. We blurred the lines between God's way and our way. Why? Because it makes us feel good. Why? Because it allows us to entertain and cover our sin. There are churches today that would never confront you with the truth that Jesus died for the ungodly. With the truth that all of us are sinners. Every single one of us. And all of us need a Savior. But this isn't that church. I've come to tell you today, Jesus Christ died for a reason, and you're the reason. Jesus Christ shed his blood, gave his life, so that you could be rescued, redeemed, ransomed from a life of death, and brought into a life of the Spirit. So often that's illustrated in our homes. You know, I never really had any experience of being spoiled as a child. Didn't happen in the household I grew up in. In my house, you had to be careful about what you said. And even if you muttered something under your breath, it's going to come back to bite you. We didn't negotiate with my parents. And by the way, my kids didn't with me either. I understood and they understood the authority of parents. They said what was acceptable and what was not. And they rendered the consequences for disobedience. You see, we need to understand that God has already given us the pattern, and we need to walk in that pattern rather than trying to redefine what God's love looks like based on our culture. God desires that we submit to his word as that authority, and as a result, follow his standards. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, whole and acceptable one to me, that you may prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of the Lord. That's why Paul said, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, we have to understand that God desires to change us. Those who are being baptized today, would you slip out right now? I'm about to wrap this up. Slip out and get ready. We have 10 folks that are going to be baptized in just a moment. That's exciting, amen? Let me say it this way. God never, God never reduces his holiness to appease our sinfulness. His standard stays the same. It really doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what deal you think you have. God's holiness is never reduced to appease our sinfulness sinfulness never not even once so I'm not sure that's true well read John 11 there was a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery brought to Jesus the Pharisees said the law says stoner what do you say you all know the story he wrote in the sand saying not a word finally said he who was not sent among you depart let him cast the first stone they all left from the eldest to the youngest you notice when Jesus spoke to that woman He didn't say, oh, I understand this is your definition of who God is, and I understand this behavior is okay, and I understand that you're going through a tough time. I understand this truth is your truth. No, he didn't say any of that stuff. You know what he said? He said, go sin no more. He said, there is a standard, and the holiness of God is never reduced to appease our sinfulness. When Cain killed Abel, God held him accountable. In Genesis 13, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed for indulging in sexual immorality and unnatural lust. In Galatians 3, when the Christians in Galatia were caught in racial, socioeconomic, and gender prejudice, Paul said, verse 28, there is no longer Jew nor Greek, there is no longer slave nor free, there is no longer male or female, and all of you are one in Jesus Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are heirs accordingly to the promise. See, Paul made it very clear. The love of God cuts all lines. The love of God doesn't care who you are, where you came from. Let me read it again. Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female, all of you are one in Christ. So many people in so many churches avoid the Epistles written by Paul because he makes references to slavery and that somehow is repulsive and I get it It is slavery is wrong, but it's not over either We need to understand that every single day women boys and girls are sold into human trafficking They become slaves in today's society and we keep our mouths shut God's holiness never is reduced to appease our sinfulness the harsh truth is this, that love that has no limits and no boundaries, no expectations, really isn't love at all. And a church that is given up on the truth of the Scriptures has nothing to say to a fallen world. Folks, we're here for one reason. And that's to allow the love of God to flow through us in such a way that those who've never met Him want to come to Him. It's so that you and I can live free of judgment for those around us until the love of God confronts them and the grace of God redeems them and their life is transformed. Tom, would you come back? Every single one of us falls short of the glory of God, Paul said. There is none righteous, no, not one. But nothing nullifies God's expectation. You can't say we got a deal because you don't. That's a lie that you have chosen to believe. And it will send you to the pit of hell. Every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. And as a result, every single one of us need the love of God to ransom us, to save us, to redeem us, and to set us free. The church today is divided, and that's an atrocity. That is wrong. Blacks go to a black church whites go to a white church Asians go to an Asian church Latinos go to a Latino church. That is wrong The church of Jesus Christ should look just like the city where God has planted it And it should represent that city with the demographics that are inside those four walls I'm here to tell you friend if you don't want to go to church with somebody who doesn't look like you whose skin is a different color. You don't need to find a new church. You need to find the altar You need to ask God to forgive you. You need to ask God to transform you. You need to ask God to give you the eyes and the mind of Christ so you see beyond what the world calls right and wrong and you see what God will do. Life is far too short. The consequences are far too great not to live in the love of God. Racial superiority or inferiority Has no place in the heart of a believer. So whenever and wherever we encounter it, we need to stomp that devil to death. Come on. We've been passive about it. Church doesn't want to deal with that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something, if the church doesn't step up and deal with it, the world is going to deal with it, and the divide only gets wider, the hatred only grows more intense. The desire to do away with someone who doesn't look like me or think like me or act like me only magnifies it's time for the church to step up and step that devil in the head. There's a big difference between loving people as they are. Listen to me, this is important, I'm wrapping it up. A big difference between loving people as they are and accepting their lifestyle. Huge difference. You know, when sinners come to Christ, we love them right where they're at. But God expects transformation. If you tell me you've been saved 32 years and you still act like you did before you got saved, something's wrong. I've said this a dozen times. If you're the same person you were a year ago today, something's wrong. Because following Christ is all about transformation. Growing closer to Him. Letting God change you day by day let me go back to where I started to love someone is to want God's best for them even at the risk of suffering damage to your relationship to love someone is to affirm they have been created in the image of God and accepting them as your equal doesn't matter color of the skin doesn't matter a Dad Daddy or not. Doesn't matter what country they come from. All that matters is that God loves them just like God loves you. And we've got to settle that in our spirit today and understand that it's all about the love of God that is non-negotiable, moving in the hearts and lives of God's people. And until that happens, sinners are going to be out there in in quotation marks the saints are going to be in here but it's time for the saints the beloved the chosen of God sons and daughters of the king to be so full of the love of God that their life touches affects and changes those around them not by their words but by the way they act stand your feet with me across this room Tom's going to sing an old chorus, very simple. You don't even need the words. It just says, oh, how he loves you and me. Sing it out.
0: Oh, how he loves you and me. Come on, that's it. Oh, how he loves you and me. He loves you and he loves me. Great news. He gave his life. What, what more could he give? More could he oh, how he do.
1: loves you and me.
0: Oh, how he loves you. Oh, yes, how he loves me. Yes, Lord. Oh, how he loves you and me.
1: One more time. Oh, how he loves you and me. Yes,
0: oh, oh how he loves you and me.
1: back y'all realize pastor and Isaiah and I look nothing alike right he came from st. Louis I came from Western Oklahoma he wears tennis shoes I wear cowboy boots he wears jeans with holes in them and I throw them away we're as different as day and night but we have a common bond it's the love of Jesus Christ he's my brother Few months ago he was at an event in the community and a former associate one that i fired after i came said to him, i'm praying for your brother that's the most prejudiced church i've ever seen in my life you know what isaiah said he said i disagree i'm a black man i haven't felt any prejudice those folks love me i'm a part of them that's my family oh come on church it's time for you to recognize it's all in here how we see those out there you're here this morning you've never asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior you've never allowed his love to transform your life you've never allowed him to come in and forgive you of your sins and change your life today is your day right now as Tom begins to sing it again you need Jesus you need forgiveness you need restoration you need to be set free from your lifestyle as he begins to sing you step out and come and We're going to pray for you as these are getting ready for baptism. Sing it out. Oh, how he loves you and me. Come on. That's you. I'm talking to you this morning. Step out and come. Don't wait for anyone else. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Come on. Step out and come. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life.
0: What more good he give?
1: Young man, we're going to pray for you. The love of God is going to cover you. He's going to forgive you as you confess your sins, and your life will be changed today. So wait a moment. Anyone else want to join this young man? Let's see. I'll lay your hand right on his shoulder. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you touch this man today. Help him to understand that as we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteous evil actions. Let his confession bring him to a place of recognition and salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray. Ms. Ellen Joales, pray with him privately, please. Bring him to that assurance. Sir, go right with them. They're going to pray with you. They're going to bring you to the assurance that God has heard you and forgiven you this morning. Secondly, I can't move on until I address this issue. If there's someone in your life that you have boxed out, closed off, built a wall against because they hurt you. You say, well, I've forgiven them. No, not if the hurt is still there, not if the walls are still up, you haven't. Maybe that person's even in this room, I don't know. But there's someone you need to make things right with. You need to show the love of God too. Right where you're standing, that's me, preacher, pray for me. Yes, anyone else, yes, others? Across the room, yes, so many. That's me, pastor. Father, I pray right now for supernatural strength to infuse these individuals. Take them beyond what the flesh is able to do and wants to do. Take them to the place where they start the process of forgiveness and reconciliation. Maybe a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister. Maybe a brother or sister in Christ. Whoever it is, Father, in each of these lives. Give them the courage and give them the strength right now to show the forgiveness and the love of Jesus Christ and make those relationships whole again. I pray it in the name that's above every name, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I'm gonna move back here to the back and we're ready to baptize 10 folks today. It's gonna be a very, very exciting time this morning. And as they come to the tank, I want you to rejoice with them I want you to praise God with them, and I want you to be thankful for what God is doing in their life. Would you welcome Robert Ridgway this morning? I believe Robert wants to share his testimony.
0: Oh, goodness. sure you want me to do this? No. That's up to you. Uh, For a long time, I was lost, been lost. And uh, within the last eight years, I've been starting to get found, but still was missing something, you know, still being back in the church, but I knew I was still missing something, missing that connection. And, um, for a long time, just thinking about getting re-baptized and, you know, today's the day and I'm feeling really blessed.
1: Amen. Hey, Robert, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins and be the Lord of your life? Yes, sir. All right. On the basis of your confession... This morning, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, rejoice with Him. Hallelujah. Robert, God has great things for you. He's pouring it into your life this morning. He's speaking directly to you. Follow Him with all your might. God bless you. Next is Minerva Labra. Minerva. And I've got to tell you, the water's a bit chilly this morning. But just think, it's a lot warmer than the lake would be. Amen. A lot warmer than the river would be. Minerva, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. And are you endeavoring to live for Him all the days of your life? Yes. On the basis of your confession, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, rejoice with her today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus another one redeemed hell lost another one hallelujah hallelujah Joshua Raymond. this is joshua wayman oh joshua he's my buddy he was born after we came hey tom i didn't ask you the before but uh will you get haley up here and let's do i thank god here in just a minute oh haley's right here all right that little hippie girl yeah joshua Joshua is going to share a testimony. That is so great.
0: For months, I want to get baptized so God, uh, so God knows that I'm on his side. And today, I'm going to do it.
1: Amen. 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 <laughs> I love it. Joshua, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah raised in newness of life Praise God that's exciting I love it I'm going to do it I love that Next is Kelsey Knox Kelsey we're so glad you're here today So glad you're a part of this church And most of all so glad you know Jesus Have you accepted him as your Lord and your Savior Kelsey? Yes And will you live for him all the days of your life?
0: Yes
1: And we baptize you In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody rejoice with this young lady. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Next is Keon Glass. I love this young man. He's got a heart for God. He's going to do big things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Keon, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. And I think you want to share a testimony, right?
0: Yes, sir. I've been going to this church for a long time, but um, I was living in sin outside the church, you know. And, um, you know, it took a traumatic experience such as a car, a bad car wreck, and um, it showed me that God really loves me and He really cares for me. And um, He, he, um, it's a miracle that I'm still here today. Miracle I'm still here today. And I just um, want to recommit my life to the Lord and, you know, have a fresh start with Him. Come on.
1: And that's it. Amen. Aren't you glad, Keon, that God's mercy kept you until His grace found you? On the basis of your confession, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on. Raised in newness of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love it. This is Amber Ortenberger. Amber, come right on in. I probably butchered that last name. Hey, Amber, we're glad you're here this morning. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir. And you're going to live for him all the days of your life? Yes, sir. All right, we baptize you on the basis of your confession in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Rejoice with Amber today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. I love all these young people getting baptized. And Chase Ramirez is next. Chase? All right. Chase, we're so glad you're here today and a part of our church. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Will you live for him all the days of your life? We baptize you on the basis of your confession in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be raised in strength and power, and let God use you every day of your life. Amen. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. This is Maya Ramirez. Maya Ramirez. Maya, we're so glad you and your family has found our church. You've only been here for a short period of time, but you're one of us, your family. So Maya, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Will you endeavor to live for Him all the days of your life? Yes. Alright, then we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. And Valerie is coming in next. Praise you, Father. Isn't it exciting to see young people choosing to follow the Lord? Making their faith public through water baptism. This is Valerie. Valerie loves my motorcycle, but she thinks I'm crazy for riding it. We've had that conversation, right? Valerie, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Are you going to live for him all the days of your life? All right, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We give you honor and glory. Demarius is coming next. Demarius Spreggins, would you come, please? Amen. Praise you, Father. Demarius is fairly new to the church as well. We're glad you're here. She and Valerie are together. We're so glad they're both here. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Will you live for him every day of your life? We now baptize you tomorrow as in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! 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 Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father.
0: You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sherer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.